It's episode 31 of Killstreak. Greetings, future lovers. I'm Eric Goslin here with you as always. And joining me across the pond, as they say, in Austin, Texas, Mike Price. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Episode 31. There's 31 days in October. This episode's dropping on October 1st. What could it all mean? What, what does it, it all mean? mean? Why Stay is that? Dr- <laughs> Why is that dresser so expensive, Eric? <laughs> Stay tuned to the end. We're going to reveal our big plans for the month of Spooktober, October. Yeah. I don't know if anybody um, tracked my QAnon reference, but that's the. Dresser. Oh, I actually didn't get. I didn't get it. <laughs> it was apologize. very subtle, but the good thing is now I'm explaining it. <laughs> As all good jokes require an explanation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm jealous of your water. I left my water upstairs. I'm going to go thirsty. I'm going thirsty. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we are gathered here today to talk about the Ginger Snaps series. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're going to give our rankings in the next yeah. segment. Yeah, that's what we I'm do. sure you're all on the edge of your seat about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we get into our uh, our superlatives, we always like to give some superlatives for these series. Yeah, yeah. And this is no ex- exception. Is there any uh, anything you wanted to address or uh, uh, you've been watching you want to talk about? Or oh, should we just yeah. get to it? What did I want? I watched some shit. Yeah. Well, you know, you and I both were really eating up a lot of our uh, free viewing time with dumb action movies. Yes, um, yes, we have been lately. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a very much of a circle jerk in the podcast world, but Eric and I are big fans of the Action Boys podcast. And yeah. So I do a lot of appointment viewing that way. And they just released um, some free episodes. It's a Patreon podcast. Mm-hmm. They some free episodes on iTunes. I highly recommend it. It's very, very, very yeah, funny. Absolutely. Way funnier than we ever could be. But it, it, but <laughs> in our defense, maybe the funniest podcast I listen to. So, yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, horror movie wise. Uh, yeah, I watched Mausoleum, which is oh, on yeah, Shudder. Right. Um, and that was entertaining. Uh, it's not like a, an all-timer or anything, but it had like a fun, goofy energy and some some cheap effects that were uh, very memorable, um, stylish kind of film from the early 80s. So, uh, yeah, I would recommend it to people who uh, like horror movies a lot. <laughs> I should check that out. Um, I was on the fence because we were talking that night. Yeah. I'd watched Fade to Black, I believe, mm-hmm. that evening. And sure. I did not enjoy it. I've been hearing more about Fade to Black this one year than I have in my entire life. I feel like it's yeah. just come up a bunch. I mean, uh, and it just wasn't. I didn't like it very much. It's too serious for me. Okay. At the risk of alienating a huge part of our audience. Um, so, speaking of things that Eric and I uh, enjoy doing in our free time, we're both uh, on Twitter sometimes, and, and we both follow a former uh, Mad Men actor and uh, funny guy, Rich Summer, mm-hmm. um, who I like. I like his Twitter a lot, and he's watching yeah, me too. it. He's watching a ton of horror movies in the lead-up to Halloween, much like we do and will. And I'll be honest, uh, I feel like he's been pumping out a lot of questionable takes. 
Oh, yeah? And, yeah, I like Rich Summer a lot, but I'm going to go on a limb and say that he and I don't see eye to eye when it comes to horror, because he gave a rave review to Fade to Black. Yeah. um, Which I didn't even get a chance to see, but you made it sound really dreadful. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I know it has its fans. It Mm -hmm. it definitely does, but I just found it to be pretty laborious. Yeah. And, like, not really, like, almost horror adjacent, more like Mm -hmm. thriller territory. Okay. And then, Um, on the flip side of things, he also panned one of my absolute favorite creature features, uh alligator starring mm-hmm. robert forster which i think is a fucking awesome movie it's written by john sales so it's like a weirdly sort of independent talky feeling sort of late 70s early 80s film but then there's also a mutated giant alligator in it and i think it's a I recipe check that for one success out. that sounds yeah real good so this is a challenge, basically, to Rich Summer. If you want to defend, <laughs> if you want to defend Rich, your opinions, you'll have to come on the podcast. We'd love to have you on the podcast. We can talk about Fade to Black. We can talk about whatever you want. Mm. Just get on here, sir. Yeah. Um, I finished George Romero and Daniel Krause's um, book, The Living Dead, recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I've been on record. You know, the first three Living Dead movies are three of my favorite movies and then the last three i did not enjoy at all okay Uh, maybe land of the dead being the exception i but i haven't seen it in years so who knows sure sure um the living dead is his novel that he started and never got to finish uh and then daniel kraus who did the novel not the novelization but the novel with guillermo del toro of the shape of water uh very good writer Mm. and I really enjoyed the book a lot, nice. um, and it, it's it feels Romero esque esque blah. Mm-hmm. Um, it maybe is a little slow to get started, but um, I kind of like where it goes. It, Romero, especially towards the end, is had started to get into territory with the zombies that I wasn't exactly yeah. a fan of seeing on screen, but I felt like it worked in the book. Okay. Um, and it takes place over the course of like a long time. So it's yeah, it's interesting sure. where he wanted to take um, the zombies given the budget because there's no way he mm. could have made this as a movie. Do you still was, feel that way? Do you feel about, like it's an unadaptable book? No, I don't. I think it could be a decent TV series if The okay. Walking Dead hadn't burned that bridge probably <laughs> for everybody. Uh, I think it could be a really cool TV series, a movie yeah. or like a series, like maybe three movies or two movies or whatever. Yeah, probably mm-hmm. two. I could I could see that. Um, and I, I'd be curious to see if it ever gets made because um, we're a little bit oversaturated with zombies. I never thought I'd say it growing up. Sure. It's true. Yeah. And it takes uh, it takes a real special one to break through, and I don't think there haven't been a lot of movies that really crack that. Like, yeah. what separates this zombie movie from mm-hmm. the rest? Well, I know you know I feel like these things always tend to be cyclical, and yeah. I think that it's. I mean, it's safe to say it might be another decade before it's safe to start trying to foist new zombie content on people without that fatigue setting. Yes, in. yes, um, I hope. Hopefully, The Walking Dead will go away soon. Uh. It is. It's ending soon. And then they're doing a spinoff series with two of the characters. Oh, great. I stopped watching that show years ago. Yeah, and they still have the other spinoff, right? Fear the Living Dead? I don't know. I don't know if that one's still going, but I remember I was like, oh, interesting. I wonder what this will be. And thinking uh, that, you know, they might 
Maybe and maybe you know they sorted this out, but it, I it has no re- it doesn't justify its existence in any way. It's no. literally just The Walking Dead with a different group of people. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, fuck that show and fuck The Walking Dead. Uh, I, I think this to be I think cool. the comic series is also ending. Yeah, the comic series a... is cool. It is cool. Just, I like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, although I I fell off at a certain point, um, yeah. somewhere around the like Ezekiel. Is that the guy's name? Did you read to that point? Guy that sounds Carter? familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Are you Are you area. thinking of the big the big bad guy? No, 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 yeah. not him. Okay. No, it's like a guy with a tiger. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, not to get into a Walking Dead, um, you know, wormhole, but just. I feel like I'm hard pressed to think of a show that it's more craven in its like manipulation of the audience. Ah, uh, sure, yeah. In that it's like it's not about telling a good story so much as it's no. like how many people can we keep hanging on for how long? Yes, you know, and how many people can we kill quickly? In right. This? That that was ultimately what exhausted me the most was like, oh, there's a new character. Well, mm-hmm. he's going to die soon. And then right. an episode or two later, he died. And I just didn't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, anyways. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about some movies we like. Sure. We want to do a quick run through of the three Ginger Snaps films. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, of course, we have Ginger Snaps 1, which is the coming of age movie about two sisters, Bridget and Ginger. Um, she, Bridget. Oh, sorry. Ginger is attacked by a werewolf. It slowly starts to change, mm-hmm. um, and it's there's you know big metaphor for puberty in there. Uh, two sisters together forever. Um, they made a pact to yeah. either leave the town or die trying. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Ginger dies trying. <laughs> it's spoiler. Well, no spoilers. What? Are, what am I? I'm an idiot. It's like, this is the wrap-up podcast. <laughs> wrap up Spoiler one. alert, everybody. Oh, fuck. I need a coffee. Uh, uh, no, I'm exhausted right now. Uh, and then, of course, we have 2004's Ginger Snaps 2 Unleashed. And uh, we have Bridget now is on the run from a mysterious werewolf that is pursuing her. Mm-hmm. She uh, gets institutionalized because that she's suspected to be a drug addict. Really, she is just injecting Monk's Hood, a.k.a. Wolf's Bane, into her veins to stave off the werewolf parasite, which she was infected with in part at the end of part one. Yeah. Um, it ends up befriending a creepy young girl named Ghost, and they are able to escape but uh, that werewolf is still after them. And so is their past, coming back to haunt them. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one that features um, Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black, which mm-hmm. the creators of the film went on to have a, a big part in creating as well. This is like her feature film debut, I want to say. She's 16. Uh, yeah. yeah so. Very good in it. Mm-hmm. And then finally, we have Ginger Snaps Back, The Beginning. It's a prequel. It takes place in 1814. The sisters are back, only, of course, they're not the original sisters. They're the precursor. Um, they are on their way to a Canadian outpost in the woods where that is being besieged by werewolves. Um, we have the Captain Wallace, the head of the fort. He's secretly hiding his son, who is being turned into a werewolf, which bites ginger and of course they're you know have to keep that a secret from the suspicious men 
Hunter's there. He's the wise Native American man or Native Canadian man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, this is the period piece one. But not the period piece one. It, yeah. My drift. The old... Um... <laughs> I think I made that joke before. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. This is a real... We got a real Back to the Future 3 situation. Yeah. Here. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed your description of this movie on... on Thank the, you. Uh, yeah. yeah, on our... Uh, the, the description in the podcast host. It mm-hmm. was fun. I had a good time writing it. You know, I, I, I relish You always this. do a good job. Hey, you guys should know that Mike is the one who usually does all of the descriptions. And if you ever see and will they and potentially find love along the way, that's how you know I've done it. <laughs> that's, that's the Eric cameo signature <laughs> in the bottom of the frame. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I almost used it like two weeks ago, and then I was like, wait, I don't think I should do that. I think that's Eric's thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Um, well, before we get into ranking these bad girls, I should say, not not bad boys, um, we have some superlatives we wanted to hand out, uh, as we do. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you want to, what do you want to tackle first, Eric? Let's go positive here. Let's go with best wolf special effects. Okay. Gotcha. So this is a werewolf movie, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, different budgets, and luckily the folks from KNB were able to help with the latter two movies. But there's definitely, you know, uh, some of the werewolf effects are better than, uh, than others. Truly, yeah. Uh, you want to go first? You want me to? Uh, I can go first. Sure. Um, so we, I mean, we discussed this in the larger sense that uh and hopefully this doesn't you know take away too much from what eric you're going to say but i think there was an improvement in the werewolf effects when we moved to the second film mm-hmm. um i'm going to chalk part of that up to the uh work of the knb effects group they're real pros um and also we talked about the first one they have like a hairless werewolf which was how it was conceived, it was a deliberate choice, but it's just one that doesn't do a lot of favors for the um, prosthetic and the yeah, anima- animatronic the latex. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go with from part two. Um, I think for me, it's the sequence when Ghost and Bridget are escaping from the abandoned basement. Mm-hmm. uh of the uh of the hospital specifically there's a sort of um stressful um fight with bridget and there is a close-up on the wolf that isn't great when bridget mm-hmm. gets her leg broken and then we see the wolf right next to her but as they're trying to get out the there's like a crawl space they go through like in the back of a what is it it's almost uh a... it's like a hole in the wall basically yeah it's like where their bodies were cremated mm-hmm. is blown out yeah, but it's like the lighting's just right. The wolf looks a lot better than it does in the first one. They manage to build a lot of tension and fright scares, even though you're seeing a lot of the wolf's full body. So yeah, that's that's my that's my sort of scene that I'm going to point to. Well, as Meatloaf once said, "You took the words right out of my mouth." It must have been <laughs> while you were kissing me. Um, <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, that's exactly the the sequence that I had. Wow. Uh, okay. Highlighted for almost exactly the same reasons. Mm-hmm. I think the 
secret, the secret sauce with a lot of these creature features and werewolf movies is just not showing the whole beast all of the time, showing parts yeah. of it, mm-hmm. keeping it dark. Um, it does a nice job of hiding. Um, yeah. And also using practical effects. That's one thing this series really nails. Yeah. It's always using practical effects. It was before the proliferation of mm-hmm. just CGI everything. But, I mean, as we joked about um, in our previous episode, we, we were talking about an American werewolf in Paris, mm-hmm. uh, which was a 1997 release that just really lays it on thick with the CGI. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. This is, a lot of this is deliberate choice, you know, starting with John Fawcett in the first one said he wanted to do all practical effects. And I think that's, that's something that they held to for the whole series. And I think it, it, it's a good choice. It's one that I support. And for that, we salute you (laughs) next, (laughs) next up. Um, it kind of took us by surprise that these movies are essentially, in addition to being werewolf movies are body horror films. Yeah. And so we uh, we would like to highlight our grossest body horror moments. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, why don't you go first this time? So if sure, you, if you if you stole mine, you can take the honors. Sure, of course. Yeah. Um, for me, there's it's in part one, uh-huh. and it is the sequence where uh, Ginger locks herself in the bathroom yeah. and is sawing her fleshy little tail off. Uh, butcher yeah. knife it's <laughs> disgusting and hard to watch seems incredibly painful mm-hmm. but you get the emotion behind it yes you know what i mean you get the like i just want this thing off of me i can't have it mm-hmm. uh, and it is jarring when you see it it's it takes you by surprise yeah absolutely yeah i would say that um that probably is the best choice uh that there is but i have another sort of my honorable mention one which i will go with um a similar scene, a sort of sister scene, if you will, in part mm. two, mm-hmm. um, which is funny because I'm like, all my picks are going to be from part two. And then I'm going to be like, yeah, but the first movie is way better. <laughs> <laughs> um, is uh, similarly when Bridget uh, gets the uh, the wolf ear and she just goes in the mirror and fucking chops a big piece of her ear off so that. It's not mm-hmm. sticking up like a like a dog's ear anymore. It's just it's so matter of fact. Um, they kind of catch you off guard because they just it just she just careens right into it. She looks mm-hmm. in the mirror, she sees the ear, grabs a knife, or it's even maybe even a shard of glass or something. I don't. Yeah, really it's remember. a shard of glass from a picture frame. Yeah. yeah, and she just fucking chops the top of her ear off, and oh man, it's brutal. Um, a lot of little moments like that in this series, though, especially in the first two. Not as much in the third. Yeah, yeah, that was def- that was probably next on my list. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm glad we had different picks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, these movies get increasingly darker, even from the start of the first movie to the end of the first movie. The second movie and third movie, especially, they turn into pretty bleak affairs. Yeah. So we would like to highlight the bleakest moment <laughs> <laughs> or, um, you know, maybe it's not even a, a moment or mm-hmm. for my, in my case, it's more of a concept, I guess. Sure. Why don't you kick it off? Uh, sounds good. Uh, well, why uh, break the streak now? Uh, even though I think the most iconic sort of bleakest moment comes in the first movie, um, 
my pick's going to come from part two, and it's mm-hmm. it's a little more it's more of a plot note than one particular scene, but I think there's one or two scenes that really sum it up, and it's just it's such a real kind of trauma and it's uh it is when bridget finally comes to the realization that she really really needs her monk's hood and pretty much just caves to uh tyler is his name right yeah tyler yeah so tyler the sort of uh soft rapist nurse who um you know coerces the female patient's under his care into giving him sexual favors for drugs or um, better treatment, you know, a la many prison guards around the country, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a there's a kind of resignation that happens, and it's it feels very real, and it's very depressing because yes. it's not shocking so much as it's just like, it's like, well, I don't really have a choice. I need what he has to offer and so i will let him sniff me and look at me naked and just like put me yep. in this compromising position and it is it made it really made my skin crawl and yeah. uh, it was very effective yeah so that's my that's my pick that's a great answer um i think mine is also from part two <laughs> <laughs> it's a and bleak fucking movie it is a bleak fucking movie and it, it's the idea that Bridget is essentially addicted to this incredibly painful drug where it's mm-hmm. like, it, it's, it's not even something like when she shoots herself up with the monk's hood, yeah. it's not even pleasurable. She has to like curl up into a fetal position and kind of just ride out this shitty, shitty yeah. dragon. And it seems fucking miserable. And the alternative is also miserable. <laughs> so yeah. Really? You hate seeing her like this. She's got no good options in that movie. No. It's just everything. Every, every path is a dark one. Um, and I, I, so I guess I say, I'll just throw out there for honorable mention because it's sort of the driving bleak, uh, event of the whole series is the conclusion of the first film, Mm -hmm. um, both as a metaphor and as the explicit like text of the plot where Bridget has to kill her sister, Mm -hmm. who is the closest person to her because they've grown too different. Mm-hmm. Um, in the literal sense that uh, Bridget can't make the jump to being a werewolf, and Ginger is gone. She's she's past the point of of being a, a human being, essentially. And also the metaphor behind it of uh, you know this, these two sisters just going in different directions, and essentially having to sever that relationship as it existed. Um, I, any way you slice it, it's fucking sad. Yep, it certainly is. Uh, do you want to do the the biggest the creep? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, may as well. We've I've just revealed what it is. It is sure. the biggest creep in these films. Um, yeah. So there's a lot to choose from. There's plenty of creeps across <laughs> every creeps. movie. Uh, I'm gonna leave the biggest of the big creeps for Eric because I think he has more thoughts on it than I do, mm-hmm. and I've already had a chance to to discuss that relationship a little bit. So I'm gonna take my biggest creep. From I'm I'm never gonna pick anything from Ginger Snaps the original. Uh, this is gonna be from part three, um, and uh, it is uh, so in Ginger Snaps back um, the the man of God uh, who Reverend Gilbert Reverend Gilbert at the fort who is 
one just a fucking asshole from the mm-hmm. very beginning um and spoiler like you know i don't always get along with um sort of <laughs> demagogues uh let's just put it that way <laughs> not my favorite um and uh you know in in terms of politics but then also from like a religious perspective uh you know i had my struggles with or- organized religion as a as a teen and Perhaps I feel a bit more zen about it all now, but uh, mm. I think it's uh, it's an easy way for people in positions of, of relative power to abuse other people, and, and the Reverend is a great example of that. Uh, he also just tries to straight up kill our two heroines uh, yeah. early, early on, on in the before. movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but he's just a fucking creep all the way through. Uh, but he has a really satisfying death. I will say that. Um, so making him such a prick, I think, uh, helps in that sense. But I think there's something about the way he deals with Bridget and Ginger where there's sort of more overt abuse that comes from James over the course of the movie, Mm -hmm. but he's kind of one note and it's like, you see it coming all the way. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Reverend is has a much sort of creepier, um, you know, it's not as overt, but I think it's more sinister in the yeah. end. So, yeah, that's my pick. That's a great choice. Uh, yeah. Mine, of course, is Tyler from part two. The nurse who trades sexual favors for the drugs of choice of the women. Uh, it is uh, really one of the most interesting villains in a movie I've seen in quite some time. Because he is a through and through sociopath, like psychopath kind of guy where he views people as objects. He's charming. He's not overtly evil. Like he doesn't wish them violence, but he just sees them as objects to be used. Yeah. He has no compassion. Yeah. And it's really Mm -hmm. chilling and frustrating and you hate him for it. Um, and I just don't think I've seen a villain with like shades of gray like that in quite some time, especially in, a sequel to a werewolf movie. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, my, my pick for biggest creep of the series is Tyler, the orderly. All right. Uh, we got one left, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what, a, what laying on us? This is you, you're, you're driving the bus here. Sure. Best kill. Classic. You know something we something we noticed the first couple of movies are pretty low body count wise. They catch up in the third. There's probably more deaths in the third than there are in the first two movies combined. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to take this one? I think. Oh no, I went. You went first last time. Yeah. Why don't you go take ahead. mine? Yeah. Mine's a little bit of a swerve. I think it's part one. Ginger snaps one finally. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it is uh the wolf that bites ginger getting hit by the van that sam is driving interesting yeah it's a really surprising moment that um the wolf essentially explodes into parts yeah it's disgusting looking the gourd looks great it's a really good effect um, yeah there's like a really cool shot of the, the wolf's claw like twitching and stopping mm-hmm. um there was others that I thought of, but that was one that um, really impressed me. I didn't include it in my best death because I try to save those for our human characters. But you know, sure. this is this is the wrap up episode. We could be a little loosey and goosey. Yeah, um, you know, 
so I thought about this one a little bit and kind of like you were saying, this isn't a, a series that traffics in a lot of uh, exciting, gory deaths. It's not really what it's here to do. Um, so most of the more striking deaths are either surprising or emotional. There's not a lot of like really uh, big shocks. And I, you know, funny uh, I did want to make sure that I had a shout out to the first movie in this one. Uh, so I will say that for its impact almost as much as anything else, I think that to me the most uh, uh, sort of uh, memorable death in part one is Sam's. Um, mm-hmm. Specifically because I think it's really scary when he gets when he gets dragged out of the closet and then just sort of thrashed around, which is like sort of the first half of his death scene. He doesn't actually die, but that's like when he gets attacked by Ginger in their house before the confrontation in the basement. Yep. But then his death is so meaningful, not just because he's dying, but what it means for Ginger and Bridget, where, you know, Ginger's as a werewolf is trying to get Bridget to, you know, Bridget's essentially pretending that she feels this werewolf pull and she's supposed to be sort of drinking his blood as he's bleeding to death in a dramatic way. We shouted out, um, Terminator two, uh, yeah. you know, that miles uh, Dyson, the miles Dyson style death. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then you know Bridget just can't do it, and then and then the way Ginger very matter of factly then kills Sam, um, almost sort of puts him out of his misery. It's all very, uh, yeah, it's all very impactful, and it also like to me it's it's like the final straw of the whole story. It's it's that's that's mm-hmm. the break. That's the the thing that finally makes the the break between ginger and bridget and then it's just a showdown to see who can survive so yeah well well put i think that's a great choice uh well guys we're gonna take a quick break hear a word from our sponsors and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna rate this okay the time is here before the full moon rises we shall rank our canonical order for the three Ginger Snaps movies. And here on Killstreak, we always start at the bottom and work our way to the very top. The tippy top. The tippy top of the mountain. All right. You ready to do this? Sure. Uh, who should go first? Doesn't matter to me. Why don't you kick it off? My... Number three, in last place, is Ginger Snaps Back, the beginning, the third film in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how about you? Yep. My number three <laughs> is Ginger Snaps Back, the beginning. Okay. The third right. entry in the movie, in the series. <laughs> Um, so, all right, this is not an out and out bad movie. I think if you listened to our, our episode on it, you know, that there's some shades of gray here, but this is by far the slowest of the three movies. Yeah, it's the slowest. And then additionally, like it's the kind of movie where it's like, okay, because of where it takes place, 
it's like you could you could see how for me I was like okay it's definitely moving slow but maybe it's going to be kind of deep and interesting and like yeah. but it's kind of it's none of those things sadly it's slow but it's also it doesn't have a ton of depth to it yeah and um yeah it just it, it has all the appearances of being like an almost like a serious kind of film but then it's just kind of an undercooked plot uh and it just doesn't bring that much to the series unfortunately yeah. yeah, I the other two movies, um, there's twists and turns, surprises. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, it's it's pretty straightforward, and, and that's just kind of not what I want in a Ginger Snaps movie. <clears throat> and um, it's kind of not helped by the dull setting, mm-hmm. which if it were just a little more active, a little more, I don't know, if there's a little more intrigue or something, sure. then it could have worked better for me. Um, that being said, there are effective parts in it. The, some, there's some sequences that are very good, uh, but it just didn't really stick the landing in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you want to hear more of our thoughts and, uh, and you haven't listened to the episode, you can go back and check it out. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much, uh, I think that sums it up. So it's, it like I want to give it credit for trying to be different, but it doesn't. Uh, it just doesn't succeed at what I get the feeling they wanted to do, and it's also just not yeah. that entertaining, sadly. And that at the end of the day is what matters most for me. Okay, so that is our number three pick. Our number mm-hmm. two picks. I'll go first with this one. Okay. Uh, number two for me, and I have to say, it is pretty close. To actually pretty close to my number one pick i really enjoyed this movie it is ginger snaps 2 unleashed um now we had big discussions on Uh on on the episode uh this is certainly a bleak movie that isn't as you just said you want a movie that's entertainment Mm -hmm. this isn't exactly entertainment but i found it to be very effective and well made sure um and unpredictable yeah, it is also my number two pick, uh, and I think anyone who's listened to the episodes knows that I, I didn't like it quite as much as Eric did, but I definitely think it is a success in terms of the scale of it and the fact that it's a sequel, and uh, like I think it it earns a lot of respect from me for being completely different from the first movie yeah like completely different if nothing else like i love that out of a sequel and that is something that i appreciate you know on the surface about the third but then once you dig into it it's actually a lot like the first one just not as much fun yeah um but this one is really its own animal uh a werewolf apparently um (laughs) But yeah, it is dark as shit, mm-hmm. and yeah, it is not fun to watch. Um, yeah, if we're gonna dock at any points, it's that it just doesn't have the the satire or the humor of the first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is dark, yeah. dark and serious. Yeah, but well done. Mm-hmm. So. Which of course means both of our number one picks for the top of the pile, top of the list. Ginger Snaps one, the old Gingy Snaps, the old Gingy Snaps. I mean, I'm yeah. sure that's not a shock to anybody who's been listening to us throughout this this series. But uh, mm-hmm. man, I really, really like this movie. This movie fucking rules. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I said that I'll, I'll repeat something that I said in the original Ginger Snaps episode, which is I think if this movie looked a little bit more, uh, what's what's the best way of putting it? Cinematic? Cinematic, just a little bit more big budget, a little bit more, um, you know, impressive visually. Sure, a little glossier. A little glossier. I think this would be a movie at least, like, it's. I think it's up there above some other movies of the era that, that are beloved and get called back all the time. I mean, yeah, the, yeah. the Craft is a movie that comes to mind. Sure. That, that I think is a ton of fun. I love The Craft, but it's like, I think this is a better movie than The Craft. I agree. Like, um, and it's, you know, there's, you know, for this era, especially of like the late 90s, early 2000s, um, you know, it's not exactly like the golden years for horror. So mm-hmm. I think that this really stands out amongst its, uh, you know, peers. Uh, it, ch- it checks a lot of boxes. It's smart. Mm-hmm. It's yep. funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's well acted. Yeah. The uh, you know there's a little bit to be desired with the effects. Fine. Sure. But but there's a lot of cool like body horror like we were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's scary. It's scary. And yeah. you know, at the time, of course, I'm now a 38 year old man. But <laughs> at the time, I found it to be like kind of sexy because I was of, sure. at that age when you know I was like 16, mm-hmm. 17 when I was watching it. Um, and I really enjoy, it's just, it's a, it's a, a woman, it's a female horror movie through yeah. and through written by a woman, directed by a mm-hmm. man, but, um, and you get that point of view. Yeah. It really comes through. And yeah, that's point of view. Exactly. We talked about, I mean, ever since the beginning of this podcast, we talked about this with the return of the living dead movies, but I think that's something that's so valuable for any really quality film is to to really be able to watch it and feel like the filmmakers had a firm point of view and a message that they wanted to deliver and to feel like that made it through all of the production and ended up in the finished product. Mm-hmm. And I think for sure you have that with this movie. Um, Do you think that this series is the most successful series we've covered thus far? As far as hits and misses? I know it's mm. only three three movies. Yeah. Um, well, you know, just as a percentage, um, yeah, yeah, I think it has to be, um, yeah, because I think when we made the, I mean, the funny thing is as like messy as it is, I think the one that comes closest after this probably is Friday the 13th. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause about half of those movies I like. Me too. Um, but you know, that being said, the bad ones are fucking trash and <laughs> I would never say that I wouldn't say that about uh the third installment here. It's no, just, it's I not trash. It just, it, it just fails. It doesn't succeed, but it's like it's a valiant effort and yeah. I mean the second one is like surprisingly well done for what it is. It wouldn't like make my list of favorite movies, but I think it deserves credit. And then mm. the first one's great. And even the third one is sort of like a valiant fail. So yeah, I agree. I think I agree with that supposition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go, guys. That's our coverage of Ginger Snaps. Uh, yeah. Check them out. They're all on 2B, I believe. Um, and yeah, if you haven't already, I, mean, I don't know why right. I'm plugging them now. <laughs> Hypothetically, you fucking watched them. Yeah. 
Well, you know, I have to assume there's some small percentage of the audience that skips the individual episodes and checks these ones out to see That's if true, these yeah. movies are worth watching. Yeah. And I, I know I basically just, we basically just answered this question, but just to put uh, a point on it, we usually say, Hey, would you recommend this series to mm-hmm. people? And, yeah. and I think I pretty clearly answered that in response to Eric's uh, question, but yes, my answer is yes. So officially for though, for whoever, the team of people that are keeping track, uh, upkeep of the Killstreak wiki. Um, <laughs> this one is, yes, I would this recommend is... this whole series to people as, yeah, a, as, as a whole. Yeah. Although you can really skip the third one. Um, but the first two for sure. And hey, man, two out of three ain't bad. It's a meatloaf kind of day. Another another meatloaf ref. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Okay, guys, we're heading into the Halloween season. We've teased it enough. Oh, yes. Um, man, oh, man. This is, um, okay, this is another one of those moments where I'm going to say, I'm going to put the onus on myself and say, cue the spooky Halloween theme music. <laughs> because. Oh, did you add is... scary music to the end of the last one? I did. I did do it. Music. Yeah. All right. Great. I'm gonna have to do it in GarageBand this time, but it's fine. I'll figure it out. I won't. I won't make you do that work. But, um, but yeah, I think this is. I mean, this is the Super Bowl for us, right? For any yeah. horror movie podcast, um, this is year one. This is our very first Halloween. Um, we're just at about the halfway point of our first year. I think we started up what back in May, something like that. Mm. Um, yeah. Let me look. Yeah, um, but anyways, uh, so we we wanted to do something special for October, and you know, kind of set a precedent that you can always expect to have fun with us here at Kill Streak for Halloween. Um, mm-hmm. It's my favorite holiday of the year. It's going to be a little fucked up this year um, for obvious reasons. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, so we've got a couple different things lined up for you guys. Uh, Eric, do you want to, um, which, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with our normal episodes or our special? Yeah. Let's talk about our normal episodes first. So, um, as you listeners know, we have our patented carpenter scale, Mm -hmm. which is, um, you know, we rate the scariness of whatever movie we're covering, uh, and compare it to the filmography of John Carpenter, the thing or Halloween being the highest and then mm-hmm. potentially Elvis or um, Starman being yeah. the lowest. It's very um, thorough. It's, we approach it with uh, <laughs> an un, just an unimpeachable degree of professionality every, uh-huh. every week. Yeah. Well, as of late, you've been no- maybe noticing that we have <laughs> extolled our own ignorance of uh, the Carpenter movies because a, maybe we just haven't seen it, which is the case mm-hmm. with like, the ward or some other a uh, couple other movies sure. in there the elvis movie <laughs> the elvis movie uh and then some of them have just been so long that we just don't have a clear memory of them yeah uh i would say about half the movies on john carpenter's filmography i have seen once and yeah. it's been at least 10 years yeah so during this spooky halloween season we want to clear up some of these blind spots for us so we're going to be doing a month of four John Carpenter movies. Yeah. And I mean, I think also this is a lot of fun because 
not only is this an opportunity to fill in some gaps of a of a big weekly series, but I think John Carpenter for me, uh, absolutely top three favorite directors in the horror genre and yeah. top five of all genres. Yeah. And then the other thing that's fun about it is this is a guy who in his entire career has directed exactly one sequel. Um, so is not someone we're yeah. going to get to cover a lot outside of special events like this because of the format of our podcast. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just going to come out and say it. We're not going to do Halloween. That's not going to be, we're going to tackle the Halloween series um, on its own another yeah. time. That's not yeah. going to be one of them, but we are going to be kicking it off with Christine. That'll be our next traditional episode. Yeah, so uh, this coming Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, it's coming up so fast. I mean, it is October. As of today, it's October 1st for the listener at home. So yeah, this this Monday, October 5th, we will be doing 1983's Christine. It's a haunted car movie uh, based on a Stephen King novel. I haven't seen it in 20 years. Yeah, I'm, I'm right along with you. I think I yeah. saw. I read the book and I saw the movie. Yeah, and it's also one where I'm prepared to maybe move the move my my uh, you know my kind of ancient judgment on because I, at the time I saw it I didn't think it was great. Yes, yeah, uh, but I've heard a lot of sort of positive things about it in recent years, and so I'm going to try to keep an open mind. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And we're going to see a return of one of our favorites, Stu Charno. Stu Charno, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. <laughs> yeah, old Coke boys too. Well, um, we're gonna, we're gonna reveal the rest of the John Carpenter movies in the episodes. You know, yeah, coming we'll weeks in the coming weeks. So, we're, but we're, uh, yeah, sorry. Now go ahead. Oh no, I just say just know that we're starting with Christine, but we're not ending there, mm-hmm. baby. No. Uh, so, Mike, you want to talk about the other special? Yeah, thing that cooked up for October. So, yeah, I like to think of it as kind of like some DVD special features. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's only half of what we have to offer you guys in the month of October. Um, Because Eric and I are gluttons for punishment. We got to take six weeks off from the two-episode-a-week schedule of Friday the 13th and said, hey, you know what, let's pack them in there again. we wanted to try something a little bit different. This is a, it's funny because, you know, the kind of stuff that another movie podcast might do in October is the stuff that we do every month. Mm-hmm. Um, so I almost think it's a kind of a fun, they zig, we zag, where we're really going to break format here. And over the next four weeks, every Thursday, we will be debuting a, uh, Essentially a uh, live commentary episode for mm-hmm. four Halloween movies picked out by special guests. Mm-hmm. Um, we have lined up a slate of guests that we really, really like. We've got some very funny, very uh, intelligent, interesting people. That's um, a lot to live up to. Some of them won't really uh, live up to that bill. <laughs> <laughs> but most of them will. Um, Yes. So starting this Thursday or a week from today, uh, we're going to have a guest on and we're going to do a live commentary recording on a a movie that they have picked out as something that they like watching for the Halloween season. Yeah. 
Um, and so the three of us are going to sit down and via the magic of technology, we're all going to watch it together. Um, if you're familiar with, I don't know, something like a mystery science theater 3000, obviously you can expect a format like that. Probably not as funny. Oh Uh, yeah. uh, Yeah. yeah, We're going (laughs) to, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just going to kind of be a fun hangout type of thing. We're going to see how it works. Um, I'll let Eric say a little bit, but the one thing that I want to stress is these episodes are meant to be watched or listened to along with the film. So Right, right. Yeah. Uh, if you want to do it the right way, uh, sit down, grab a popcorn, grab a beer, a soda, whatever you want. Throw on the podcast, throw on the movie, and watch it with us. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to these. It's going to be fun. We're going to have some fun conversation going. Yeah. And uh, we have some, it's some really interesting movies picked out for it too. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a chance for us. This whole month is a great chance for us to cover some movies that we just never would have gotten to because they're either not in a series or they're mm-hmm. a little bit off the beaten path. Yeah. Um, and so I'm looking forward to this, man. The October yeah. season is here. Spooky. Yeah, awesome. Are you guys doing any uh, Halloween decorations at, uh, at the house? Yeah, we're going to start setting it up uh this this week um of course it is it is depressing i have a five-year-old son five and a half Mm -hmm. years old and he just can't go trick-or-treating really but i think what we're going to do is like drive around to our friends houses and set up like bags of candy for them to just like take sounds Um, fun it'll be it'll be something at least yeah but yeah i'm excited to just like watch an excuse to watch horror movies all the time and i'm probably gonna go off of what we're even like yeah I'm going to go off script here and just like watch some of my own and not take notes feverishly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Shudder is going to get a good workout from me this month. It always does in October and they usually deliver with, with a great selection of stuff. So, um, well, very cool. So hopefully, uh, that sounds fun to you guys. You'll join us on this journey through the month of October leading up to Halloween. Uh, I'm super excited. Um, so yeah, tune in next week, Monday, for Christine, and then on Thursday, we'll drop our first live commentary, and we'll tease that out on uh, on Monday's episode, so we'll let, maybe let you guys know what the movie is, so you can get that all lined up uh, if you want to, uh, you know, throw it on and listen along with us. Certainly. And, as always... A girl can only be a slut, a bitch, a tease, or the virgin next door. 